Hey, man, you got something to eat up in there? We hungry. Gentlemen, welcome to the Dirty Dozen podcast. We in this thing. It's your man T McGreezy. We got our our co-host, our regular uh, partner in crime, Dom Van Alsdal, Dom V, and then a very special guest, the Zanimal, the one and only Toad. Say hello, boys. What's going on, everybody? What up? Coming at you live from uh, Mama Clark Studios. <laughs> Love to hear it. Hey, this is a long time coming, getting Toad on the podcast. What's taking so long? Yeah, the origin the origin of this idea apparently came from Toad. <laughs> I've just been waiting. And, and then it passed on to T-Hunt, and everyone was just pissed off that no one had started it. So we figured we'd get this thing rolling. Well, I'm glad someone got the gravy train going. Love it. Love it. Boys, so we've had a, a bit of a hiatus since our last recording. A lot has happened. feel like guys are dropping like flies in training camp right now. Um, AJ Green, you know, Tyreek got hurt the other day. What do y'all make of all this? Is this the, this is the battle of attrition or, or what's going on? Man, I just feel like it kind of happens every year. You just got to hope that uh, you don't get stuck with one of the bastards that goes down. Um, I know we're drafting kind of early, so I know that injury bug is going to hit somebody. I just hope it's not me, but... I think I'm due. I haven't really had an injury the last two years, so I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Well, I, I hope not. We we can't forget the year Jordy was out for the year with an ACL tear. T Hunt took him, still won the league. So it can be done. It can be done. Yeah, it's not a. I don't want that uphill battle. I'll let T Hunt keep fighting that one. <laughs> uh, I I think it's a. Uh... I think it's just gibberish. I think there's some guys that are actually hurt, some guys that are just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're shelfing him because he hurt his hamstring. I think some of those guys are just resting him. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, they're, they're trying to – well, Tyreek got hurt. Like, if you hurt your quad, that's a different thing. When you hurt your hamstring, that's that's you can make up that injury all day. But yeah. there's certain well, players that they're just, like, hiding because they're like, oh, shit, like, we just lost AJ Green. He's out for, you know, he's going to be out for probably at least two weeks in the regular season. Yeah. And then you know he's missing three more games after that at some point. Probably right around. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably do something <laughs> in week five and get hurt. And then there you go. Like, don't draft him. Just don't draft him. I can picture him on Bob's roster and him just throwing something at the TV. Once Bob drafts him all the time. That's why he loves Boyd so much. You know, all caps, F U C K with 18 explanation marks in one of our chats. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, with our special guest Toad in the building, uh, I think it's a perfect opportunity to discuss some over-under win totals in Vegas, boys. Uh, as, as we all know, we'll be in Vegas later this uh, this month for our annual draft. Uh, it makes all the sense in the world. We, we talk about some over-unders we like. Um, Zane, I'll let you take the floor. What are, what are some of these uh, odds you like this this year? All right. Well, I'm going to run down. I picked, I got a ton that I like, but uh, I narrowed it down to three. So I'm going to go one by one, get y'all's opinion on it. And then I'll sort of dive into 
to what I think. So the first one I have on my list is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6.5. What do y'all think? Is it going to go over or under that? I'm over. Um, I'm I'm under just because that division is is tough. Uh, I could see it going either way though. But yeah, so I have it. I'm with Dom. I have it over. Um, like you said, that division's tough. Saints, Falcons, Panthers. Um, you never know what's going to happen in that division. But as bad as we think the Bucks were last year, I mean they were they were five and eleven last year. Um, I did a little more digging, and six their losses were. Uh, by seven points or less, and those, those of those six was the Eagles, the Steelers, Falcons twice, the Cowboys. So they had some close games with some really good teams. Um, I think uh, the addition of Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, you know, I think that's good for, you know, at least two wins right there, just with a better coaching staff. Um, I know I had those boys in, in the desert when when my Cardinals were good, and I know they can they can get the job done. So that's uh, that's my take on them. Um, the second team I sort of have marked down is the is the Chargers. So they're currently at nine and a half games. What do y'all think there? I'm the under. Uh, I too am under on the Chargers. Yep, I I three am under on the Chargers. Um, I know they went twelve and four last year. They won a lot of games, um, but in that AFC West, they got the Chiefs. You know they're going to be Super Bowl contenders again with my guy Patty Ice. Um, I think Dom's it's staying Raiders are actually going to be a little more improved this year. Um, I think Denver's going to be pretty good. Um, you know, Dirty Phil isn't getting any younger. You know, when you watch him throw the ball, it's kind of painful to watch. And that's that's my guy, too. But he's got a little noodle arm. Um, and similar, you know, sort of the reverse of the Bucks. The Chargers were in uh, six games that were decided by seven points or less. And last year they won five of those. Um, some of those teams that they beat, by seven points or less for the 49ers, the Bengals, the Titans. Um, they barely squeaked by against the Broncos at home. Um, and we know that typically the the Chargers lose those games, you know, if if history has anything to say about it. I know they didn't last year, but previous years will tell you that they're losing those games the majority of the time. So I'm taking the Chargers under nine and a half as well. Uh, the third team I got is the Jacksonville Jaguars at eight games. What do y'all think about him or them? Under. Um, can I call push? I think it'll be a push. Yeah. Yep. See, uh, I, I have it slated as under, but I think that's a good one to, that's a good put right there. Um, I think the AFC South is pretty loaded. They got the Colts with, with Andrew Luck, hopefully healthy. We don't know with his leg. Um, and you know, how he's been, been resting that body. If he feels any pain at all. Um, the Texans, obviously a pretty good team. Titans, I think they're they're improved over the offseason. I don't think they're great, but um, I think they're better than the Jaguars, actually. Uh, we don't know what, what defense is going to show up with the Jags. Um, I know two years ago they were dominant, and they had their nice little run, uh, but they had a similar defense last year, too. It was a pretty solid defense, and they weren't able to string any wins together, and I know they got rid of Bortles, but, I mean, they got Nick Foles and, to, to replace them, and I just don't know if I can put my money on Swapole Foles winning nine games. What'd you what'd you call him? Swolepole Foles, man. I thought it was Big Dick Nick. No, I mean <laughs> Swolepole, Big Dick, same thing. <laughs> he's got a he's rocking a Bertram out there. Yeah, I know. Better watch <laughs> out. Close your throats. <laughs> yeah, so uh, those are my three. I got Tampa Bay over six and a half. I got the Chargers under nine and a half. And then I got the Jacksonville Jaguars under eight. Those are my I got a few more too, but for the sake of time we can yeah, 
All right, Dom. Zane, I like those a lot. Dom, let's hear your your over-unders. Um, so the Niners at eight. I got the Niners. They're at eight. Uh, what do y'all think? Uh, that's, I'm under with the oh. Niners. I I would stay away from that one. Gun to my head, I would take the Niners over probably. I, I want to take the Niners over because I like the potential. I like the firecracker, like, just uh, situation they have going that's like like magic in a bottle. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, what at the end of the day, they're oh. just going to end up an 18. Uh, Jimmy G. Yeah, I think Jimmy G, you know, that's the difference maker. They had a, They had nobody last year, and they, you know, were competitive, but they weren't good. Yeah, I guess that that's true. That's true. I, I don't. I just. I don't, I don't have that much faith in Jimmy G just yet. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I like the offense. I like you know. Honestly, the guy I believe in is Shanny. Shanny Junior. He's a genius. That's true. That's true. Who's your next one? Mm, just looking at these, you know, freshly. Obviously, being stupid and drunk. Um, Oakland Raiders <laughs> apparently have six twins. Apparently. Uh, I mean, to me, that's an easy over. I don't see – they've improved a ton, and I don't see why they're only going to win six games. Plus, the division's changed so much. But I'll, I'd like to hear what you guys think. Uh, I, I'll side with the over six on the Raiders. I don't know. It's going to be tough, though. Um, I think Denver's improved, too. They obviously got the Chiefs there. They've got the Chargers. Um, I think they could probably get a – you know, if they can steal a win from the Chargers, they can steal at least one from Denver. I don't know if they'll be able to get the Chiefs in either of the two. Well, they, uh, they, so last year they actually had a close game against the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, division games, though, that happens. But, I mean, if I had to say it, I mean, yeah. But, yes, but now, if they got those other two, I mean, yeah, they're, it's over six. Easy. I, too, think uh, the over six is the, the safe bet there. Um, AFC West, they – beat the Broncos or were close to beating the Broncos last year. I just don't think they're that far off from being a seven and nine, eight and eight team. Um, the addition of AB, I think they could, uh, to, could exceed that win total. All right. And I got another one. Um, the Eagles with 10, I got the under. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a tough one. Um, I think I'd go under there as well. I think that division, well, except for the Redskins. The Redskins were another one of mine at six and a half, and there's no way they're winning seven games. So that's yeah, good. yeah, I agree with that. So I think the Eagles get some easy wins there. Um, I'm not sure what their, you know, sort of out of conference schedule looks like, but I'd I'd say under ten for me. I think unfortunately the Cowboys too. I hate saying it, but I think they're going to be pretty good if they can figure old Zeke out. I think they're going to – I think I, – I really honestly think he's going to get a contract before the season starts. And that defense looks good. Like, yeah, they got SD. And no one's talking about that stuff. And, I, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. Like, it, the, all they care about is quarterback, offense, receiver. That's, that's been the Cowboys since 1990. Yeah. It used to work. Honestly, It looks, I, it looks like they're playing the uh, AFC East – and the NFC North. I'd be inclined to say the Eagles go at 10 or over, honestly. Uh, they're kind of 
my dark horse Super Bowl contenders. I love their odds in Vegas. I think they're at 20 to 1 right now. Um, I don't know. I just think a rejuvenated Carson Wentz. People are sleeping on them. They made the playoffs, won a playoff game last year, and things went horribly wrong for them. So, I don't know. I, I kind of have confidence in the Eagles. Wentz has to stay healthy, though, too. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. Hey, yeah, if, if Wentz can stay healthy and they figure out the running back situation and they settle on some receivers and get the defense like they had two years ago, I have no question. But I think the problem is they're dealing with so many question marks all over the place. Yeah, And the division gets better and better. I don't even know who's starting at corner, but they'll find someone. Well, they've had dog shit at corner for three years, so I don't think it matters. I know they re-signed Ronald Darby, but that's, that's all I know. That's I, I, don't, I, I, I think the Redskins are the dark horse in the, the East. You know, I don't really? think they're going to, like, win the division and win the Super Bowl. But Who are their receivers? Josh Doxon? I don't yeah. think it matters. I'm more worried about the quarterback, honestly. Oh, dude, the Redskins, they, they got nobody. They they are terrible. They're gonna be terrible. So there's this is what I've been thinking about. There's last year during the offseason, everybody was like, the Bills and the Jets are gonna be horrible. They have no honestly, it was mostly the Bills. And it was like they're gonna be awful. Their ra- roster sucks, their receivers are trash, no one knows the receivers, no one knows the quarterback, no one knows this. And they were probably somewhat average. I mean, I think they won six games. I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible. But it wasn't yeah. the worst in the league. You think the Redskins could could do kind of? I think the, the Redskins are going to be in the. I think six and a half is pretty much where they're going to be. But if they hit, you know, if they strike goal with some players, I think they could win a you know an, an extra game or two, and you know maybe make the wild card. But I'm not saying they're going to be great by any means. I just feel like we know the Washington Redskins roster, though. They got Colt McCoy slinging the rock, maybe Case Keenum. I, well, Matt I don't think Reed. the new rookie sucks. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Haskins, too. I forgot about Haskins being there. but Well, they got homeboy from Minnesota. Or I guess he was lastly at uh, Denver. Case Keenum, yeah. Keenum? Yeah. Uh, you know, he can show up when he needs to. They got some, you know, scrappy receivers that no one knows. The running game, you know, AP and whoever else is going to run. But the defense <laughs> isn't bad. I don't know. You don't seem very uh, insuring with, <laughs> with your analysis here, Tom. I'm not saying they're going to be great. I just think they won't suck. I think they have enough players to be average. Which, and average means you're going to win seven to eight games. All right, Dom, I'm going to cut you off right there. I got to give the people what they want. They want the gold over under picks. McPee's got them. So first one, <laughs> Panthers over six and a half at some books, uh, some sports books. I've seen seven and a half, whatever it is. Panthers are going way over. They're bouncing back in a big way. Let me ask you, how many games did the Panthers win last year? Just off the top of your head. Uh, eight, I think seven. Seven wins with Cam having a torn labrum, them losing their last, like, ten games, it seemed like. Seven games with that roster seems like like easy money to me. So I have no idea why their win total is that. Yeah, you're but, crazy, man. You're crazy. Hey, hey, he's going to 
Trust me. He's going to have a bounce back year. We're good. Panthers are good. He's the Panthers don't win in number of years. It's weird. They're, they have a losing record in even numbered years and, and like really good records in odd numbered years. So you might be right. They might be due for. Thank you for that supporting evidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Since 2012. Moving on to my next lock. I know Dom disagreed, but we're moving on anyway. Lions, six and a half. I mentioned this on a, a previous podcast, but I love the culture Matt Patricia is instilling in Detroit. Um, Hard nose, blue collar. Uh, they got Stacks Harrison on the front line. They got a decent defense. And I think in trading Golden Tate, they're just investing more so in carry on as a as a as a runner and pass catcher and cutting Theo Riddick. They're just gonna invest in Zach Zinner and carry on in early downs and have carry on be the pass catching back. I think six and a half wins is is easy. I could see him getting eight. Eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe barely missing playoffs. So, uh, not sure if you'll have any objections on on them. But I'm a, I'm a under, uh, easy under because that division is so competitive and they're not a good team. Uh, we might have, we might have to have a side bet, Dom. Zane, what do you think? Yeah, I might lean over there. I mean, they got Stafford throwing the rock. He's you know he's proven he's proven himself. They got a decent receiving core. Um, I'm not super high on carry on just yet but i mean we've seen what he can do he's we've seen he can be that guy um yeah yeah, i think the defense is is decent i don't think it's great by any means but i also kind of think that uh some of the teams in that division are a little overrated sorry tuna um (laughs) but that's yeah I'm, i'm taking over on that too i think McPete. all right and my last one um this should come to as no surprise Kansas City, over 10 and a half. I know, I know. The number's big. It's intimidating. But for the last, I want to say, six of the last seven years, Chiefs have eclipsed their Vegas over-under uh, win projection. And I've been on the winning on the winning end, I think, three of those years. The Chiefs just win over. Andy Reid just game plans beautifully in the regular season. Week to week, you can't plan what he's going to put out there. It's hard to, to get a beat on it. Um, I just think the Chiefs kind of waltz to 11 wins, um, barring everyone staying healthy. But, you know, I'm all in. I'm big red. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. But I would say previous seasons, you know, they've kind of been that that dark horse, you know, that, that Chiefs team that, that we don't really know. Uh, but we'll see how they react when, you know, they're, they're heavy favorites to, you know, to get to the bowl and, and win it. Um, yeah. I think You're right. I think ten and a half. Those that I I could see him winning eleven games. though pretty easy. Patty's my guy, so <laughs> got it. He's got a rocket arm. So my guy, my guy. No, he's, he's my guy. We could be both our guys. We could be both our guys. Dom, you got you got any hate to spew on that? I'm just saying Andy Reid's a genius. So I mean, I can't argue with the uh, general consum- consumer knowledge, but I want to disagree. So I'll put my bet on the under, although I know Andy Reid's a genius. That's all I know. Appreciate that. All right, guys. I like that segment. May have to bring it back right before we we go to Vegas because some of these are locks, I got to say. Moving on to our uh, NFC South uh, dissection. We're getting into winners, losers, and surprises of the division. Um, I'll I'll just start us off real quick. 
Yeah, I alluded to it earlier. I think Carolina comes out of nowhere and wins the division. Um, people are down on him. I like their roster a lot. I like the emergence of Curtis Samuel this year. Chris McCaffrey kind of laid the groundwork for this being a bell cow back. Uh, and ultimately, you know, that defense does Luke Keekley on it. I think they, they surprised some people. Uh, it's a tough division, though. Falcons are in there. Panthers are in there. Saints just won it. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a kind of a toss-up. My loser, it's the Bucks, but I still think they'll achieve somewhat. Um, it's just an unfortunate division they're in. Bruce Arians going to make them even more of a high-powered offense. They have some players on defense. Um, Todd Bowles is a great defensive mind. Um, I just think they'll be down comparative to the uh, other teams in that division. And surprise of the division this year, the Saints, they take a step back. I don't mean to echo the sentiments of Colin Cowherd, but things just went perfect for them last year. Drew Brees has fallen off a little bit towards the end of the year. I just don't think they achieve what they have the last two seasons. Uh, call me crazy, but uh, Zane, your thoughts? Man, I, I agree with – well, so I kind of have the Panthers as my surprise team. Um, I agree with a lot of, of what you said. Um, like I said earlier, since 2012, the number of years have resulted in losing records, and odd years have, you know, been winning records for the, for the Panthers. So that's – you know, we can't invest too much into that. But I think the Panthers had a good offseason. Um, they got Gerald McCoy. You know, he's, he's getting a little older now, but he, he's a big body. Um, Chris Hogan, you know, he's at least a possession guy. Um, they got Bruce Irvin coming around the outside now. I think they got a really strong front seven, obviously anchored by Keith Lee. He's just a monster. Um, Don Terry Poe, Kawan Short. So I think they got a lot of talent there. Um, another thing I read up on, too, is that uh, in sort of like the outside division games, the the uh, Panthers play the like the Packers. Uh, and then so the, the Saints will play who they play the Bears. So I think they have a little bit of a you know edge there. Um, but I still have the Saints winning it. Uh, they they just dominated that division last year. Um, I know that division's always kind of a coin flip every year, but I think Drew Brees holds up. Man, I, I think he does fine. I think he does fine. I mean, he was doing great until only like the last three games of the season or so. You know, you obviously don't want to see that, but you know, they got Michael Thomas there. They got Kamara. They, that defense is actually, you know, pretty damn good. Also, um, so we'll see. Um, that's so. I got the Saints as my winner. Uh, that that division's always tied. I think two years ago, everyone was like ten and six or eleven yeah. and five. So it was it was that was a fun race to watch. So I'm hoping for something like that again. Um, but I got the Saints winning it, and then obviously the Bucks. I got losing it, but. You know, sort of like what I said and my my win totals, I think they have a, you know, much improved just coaching staff. That roster has some pretty good tools. Um, I don't think they can really compete in that division, but I really think it's going to come down to, you know, a three-dog three race with the Falcons. And now we can't sleep on the Falcons either, man. They had a, they had a lot of injuries last year. Um, yeah. You know what they're – and they, they weren't just – they were injuries to a lot of their key players too. Um, so we got those guys coming back. So I think it's going to be a, a tight race. I think the Saints sort of squeak out with it at the end, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers take it. It'll be, it'll be a dogfight for sure. Uh, Dom Diesel, where you at? 
I am uh, Falcons. I think are going to win the division. I think I keep hearing about the dome games they have, um, the amount of dome games they have. I think it's like eight dome games in a row or something, something crazy like that. And uh, total, I believe. How much? Thirteen total dome games this year. Even more than I thought, and I love it because the Falcons are great in the dome. Yeah, so yeah. I think Falcons I win the division because of that. I think the losers, the Panthers. I think everyone's so confident in Cam coming back healthy. I'm betting on that guy to be injury prone. There's some issues. I think he came back too soon. I think there's going to be a lot of problems with him. CMC. Uh, their offense isn't good. Their defense is great, but you know they can't hold the fort. Uh, my surprise is the Bucks because of Arians and all that. The coaching changes. The, they have good personnel. I just think they just had a bad coach. So it's kind of like the Cardinals. I mean, bad, bad, bad coach, good personnel, and I think though the Cardinals obviously irrelevant, irrelevant to the conversation. I think are going to improve as well, and that's my conversation on the the Bucks for sure. Well, I agree wholeheartedly with that cardinal statement, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Appreciate your perspective on that. Um, uh, I think we're all in agreement. It's going to be a highly competitive division. A lot of good teams, a lot of fantasy gems, gems there. But uh, moving on, um, really want to get y'all's perspective on the thought of drafting injured players, drafting suspended players. You know, I, I think both of you have pretty distinct philosophies on it, but I think, you know, it could go either way depending on who you get in the situation. But um, Zane, I'm curious, can you share with us your thoughts on perhaps a guy like A.J. Green? Is he off your draft board now, even though he's a talent? And, and take the name away from it, right? A.J. Green, we swore off him for the rest of our lives, but say someone else, do you consider him there? Kareem Hunt suspended. What, what, what do you think? Man, with, with AJ, I, I was actually, I was actually kind of high on AJ coming into this year. Um, I would have drafted him and regretted it four weeks into the season, probably, <laughs> but he's, he's so damn good when he plays, man. Like when he's on the field, his numbers are silly. Like they really are. Um, so I don't know. I, we, we got to wait to see, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the regular season. So I guess we got to assume, I don't know, like a week three or four return for what we know now. Um, I, I don't know where, I don't know where I'm comfortable making that pick. You know, I don't know that we're going to know a whole lot more information in two weeks. So um, I don't know, maybe six round plus is when, if he's staring at me still, I don't know if I'd be able to pass up on him there. Um but anything before the six, I don't know if I'm touching AJ. And and Dom, feel free to follow up. But, you know, when I think about AJ, I think about Doug Baldwin last year. You know, I think about Mike Williams, his rookie year. These receivers that come into the season with, you know, pre-existing injuries and they're just fighting through it all of camp. And, you know, it just rarely works out during the season. So it's almost like we should just – and somebody's got to take them at some point. But – that's almost, I think it's it depends on the injury. I think as long as it's not a leg injury, I think it's okay to, you know, um, gamble on it. But if it's a leg injury, you're kind of fucked. And your 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 odds of winning that bet are probably lower. Yeah. But it's just, like AJ's been hurt for eight straight years. 
Well, always, I don't think he's been in the league for eight straight years. Well, you know what I meant. You did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take, take AJ out of the equation. Doug, I mean, bring up Doug Baldwin. Before last year, you're thinking this guy's an Iron Man. He barely misses any games, and all you hear all off season is that he's 85. percent He's not all right, but he's going to play through it. And I mean, it, take out the fact that he was unproductive, but when you started him, he got hurt. So that's even it's even worse. You, and, then you he, get and then he retired and they made an ordeal in the offseason. Exactly. So he pretty much should have retired the year before. Yeah. Right. But then AJ Green came in the league in 2011. So this is year number it eight. Is eight. Okay, you're right. <laughs> he he was healthy for like three or four years. Yeah, he had, he had a decent stretch there. He was a baller yeah. his rookie year. I remember that. No. I well, I had him one year. I had him and Julio and Edelman. They all went down on me, week week one of the playoffs. I think I scored like sixty four points against UMP, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So let me, let me let me pose it this way: What about a suspended guy like Kareem Hunt? Is he completely off your board? I think he comes back. He suspended eight games. They have a bye week nine, so he's not playing until week ten, I think. So I is he no- draftable? I see no value in him, so I'm not drafting him. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Um, I'm not going to draft Kareem Hunt. I mean, reason being, I would probably end up having to drop him at some point in the first 10 weeks for, you know, someone I can actually play. Yeah. Uh, even when he does come back, you know, if Chubbs is the guy Chubbs supposed to be, um, and even in that offense in general, there's a lot of mouths to feed. So, I mean, what can we really – I mean, not taking any, any talent away from, you know, Kareem Hunt, but what can we expect from him even when he does come back, right? I mean, at best, he's maybe splitting carries with Chubb. And at that point, you know, with Odell to feed, with Jarvis to feed, you know, is he even worse? You know, I think you just have to be in a tough spot to even start him. Um, so he's definitely someone I'll keep my eye on for, you know, waiver wires throughout, you know, that, that first 10 weeks. But um, unless I draft Chubb, I, I don't think I'll – even look at Kareem. Yeah. You guys are completely right. All I got to say is I watched a few Kareem Hunt highlights today and just reminded me how majestic he, he left over defenders in that Bengals game. It was, well, this kind of gives me the opportunity to re solidify the situation. Andy Reed is the man. Look at the stats for the running backs before Kareem Hunt was there. And after, and there's a reason that we're talking about a guy named Damian Williams who hasn't done a goddamn thing in the NFL that's going in the third or fourth round of fantasy drafts. <laughs> Andy Reid. Preach. No one's going to take him with his 16th pick in the second round. Him or Cody Burcham? Dude, uh, I, I, I was texting people today. Damian's got to be off my board. I mean, the, yes, he'll be good in the system, but can he last? Six games, eight games, let alone sixteen. But that's neither here nor there. Um, moving on. Don't want to. Don't want to bog, get bogged down on this. We got to move on. I know the world wants to hear Zane's perspective on the the infamous talent versus opportunity debate. You know, what side of the coin are you are you on? Are you down the middle? Is it situational? We, we get unique perspectives from all around our league. Uh, Zane, please educate Domina. Uh, so, I mean, this is always a, a tough question, though. Um, I think when you get into it, you kind of got to take away, like, the freak athletes from the conversation, right? You got to kind of take away the Julios. You got to take away the Zeeks, the Saquons. You know, those guys are going to perform, you know, anywhere, 
anywhere they go. Um, Cause I definitely lean on more so the opportunity side. I mean, I don't want to keep bouncing back to the chiefs, but it's like any running back that, that, you know, is on the chiefs. That's the opportunity they have. And they, they run away with it. Right. Um, I think of the situation thing though, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, situation opportunity, I kind of put those in the same bucket. Um, yeah. More, so, I, I guess just as opposed to talent would be, yeah. Like, um, you know, no one thinks, damn, Damian Williams is just an absolute stud and can get it done anywhere, right? Um, and no one thought that way about Kareem Hunt before, you know, he did his thing in Kansas City. Um, some other people that kind of come to mind are like Julian Edelman, right? If he's on any other team other than the Pats, you know, do we, is Julian Edelman you know, the PPR God that, that he's been, um, you know, guys like Thielen, um, although he's actually kind of a beast, but he's one of those people that come to mind. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think it, it has a lot to do with opportunity. Um, but obviously talent doesn't, doesn't hurt. Um, there's some guys that can go into any, any system and, and get it done. I'm kind of curious to see how AB does this year. Uh, you know, my thoughts on AB, I think he's a beast, top five receiver. Uh, but I do think that Steelers system made him who uh, he is. You know, if if he would have been drafted by a multitude of other teams, I don't know that he's nearly as successful uh, as he as he has been. Zane, and I think that's the ultimate, like, test of the truest test of pure talent and just throwing him into a gauntlet of a situation and say, how good can you be? So that remains to be seen. Completely agree with you on that. And uh, Dom, I asked you to follow up, but real quick, Zane, if you had to put like a, a coefficient value on opportunity and, and, and talent, how, how would it work for you? Uh, man, that's, that's hard to say. I mean, are we talking like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.7, opportunity 0. 0.3, talent or? I, I would think that's pretty accurate. I would say probably about 65% opportunity, 35% talent, but you got to keep in mind when I'm thinking of these people, I'm, I'm sort of not thinking about, like I said, just the, the heavy, heavy hitters that are going to get it done anywhere. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I am just very take out like the, take out the first round basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to put it. Yeah. All right. I I appreciate that. that makes sense. Dom, you got anything to add? Uh, no, I, I mean, I love uh, – I like to hear everyone's opinion on the talent versus opportunity because I think it's a really uh, intriguing and like conversation that's super in-depth. I mean, it's – I don't think there's a right answer, honestly. Until yeah. we actually have data to prove it. Yeah. yeah. it's. I mean, it's hard to say because you can put Julio Jones in any offense and, you know, he's – he's going to be Julio Jones, but then you take people, like I said, Edelman and slap him in other offenses. Like, is he going to be very effective? It's Granted, like, he's got Tom throwing the rock. So I it's guess like the Danny Woodhead experiment. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's another good one. Um, so we'll, yeah, I mean, to, to, at an end though, he, he was somewhat talented. He excelled in the Chargers system and the Patriots system, I think. But it, it also fit that system. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Woodhead was definitely a staple on Team's Animal for a while. I love those little he shoes. <laughs> he ate. And then Pete stole him from me one year. I think he was Pete's best player, and then he got hurt like week six. It's because Pete drafted like 
seven receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks <laughs> for like eight rounds. Oh, Pete. I hope you're drinking beers and you're listening to this. Then he hit on C.J. Spiller's one successful year in the Dude, NFL. that gets me fucking pissed off. That's the year that I was loving C.J. Spiller and, like, all the players he drafted. And, of course, one person added him to the fucking league. That was my year, man. It makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, I took C.J. Spiller the following year, like, pick number three or four overall. <laughs> and he was and awful. Fred Jackson or whatever the hell. Whoever the Bills backup was ended up being way better than C.J. Spiller. I had to play both of them because my team sucked. One day we're going to look at the names that are like projected top 12 picks, you know, year over year. And some of the names in there have just got to be just, just asinine. My God. Um, anyway, moving on to our last segment, the fan favorite, uh, this or that, you know, real life, real world uh, dilemmas we're going to, we're going to see come draft day. Maybe not in, in our league, but certainly in other drafts and in your league, if you're a listener. Uh, let me let me start with this one. I alluded to this man earlier in the podcast. Carry on Johnson, with the caveat of the recent Theo Riddick news. He is no longer on the team. And Leonard Fournette. Dom, who are you taking? Give me Carry on Johnson only because he can he gets more passes thrown to him. And because uh, homeboy got cut. Yeah. Yeah. Left a void, a bit of a void. Um, I, I don't disagree. Um, it's a little harder for me. <laughs> Honestly, I, if both of these guys are there in the third for me, I will be a happy camper. Um, I think give me Leonard Fournette. I think I've hated on him his whole career, but I think third round value. This is finally the year I can, come to grips with taking him. Um, and then carry on just probably a little too injury prone for me. Zane, what do you think? Yeah, I've been, I, I was going back and forth on these two all, all day. Um, I'm not super high on, on either, but uh, you know, they got to go off the board at some point. Right. Um, if I had, you know, if I needed a running back and those are the top two available, I'm kind of leaning towards carry on uh, mainly because of the receptions that, that we sort of alluded to. Um, also, to that that offense in general, this passes the ball a lot more. You know, if the Jaguars their way, they're doing a ground and pound, you know, defensive games, which um, means Fournette's getting a ton of carries. Um, but I don't know if he can handle that wear and tear. Um, and if that's the sort of, you know, ball game they're going for is that ground and pound. I don't know how many receptions Fournette's going to get. Um, I think the recipe in, in any PPR format is your running backs have to get a ton of catches. Um and, you know, with Theo Riddick not there, Stafford likes to just sort of dump it off when when he's uh, in a bind. So I think Carrion's going to be that guy for him now, too. Um, but like I said, I, you said that, you know, you would go for net because of health. I think both of them so far, what we've seen, have some question marks. So, uh, yeah, no, you're, right. you're right. You're right. I think Nick Foles will be the best quarterback Fournette's ever had. Um, and things might open up a little bit for him, but it, it's hopeful, honestly. And, and it's not a, not a pick you feel good about by any means. You're just hoping for running back one upside, right? Yeah. I mean, well, and plus Fournette's a grown ass man. We can't forget that either. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets rumbling. I mean, there's, there's no one stopping him. For sure. 
Um, so a little different variation of this or that. I'm going to ask the boys to rank uh, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, and Tyler Lockett in order in which, you know, if, if they needed a receiver in the draft, uh, what order would they take them? Uh, Zane, let's start with you. Uh, my one would be, would be Kenny G. I had him on the squad last year, so maybe I'm just a little biased. Um, but I think he's got a little more opportunities with the offense that he's in. I think he's proven to be the, the number one guy in Detroit. who They like to throw the rock. Um, I think he's going to get, you know, I think they're all going to have right around the same amount of receptions, but I think Galladay is going to come away with um, a few more yards. Uh, there's not, I mean, there's Marvin Jones there. They got Danny Amendola there. So, you know, that's, I guess, a decent little receiving core, but I can't see many, either of them really taking away touches from Marvin. We don't know if he's going to stay healthy either. Um, second for me would probably be Lockett. Um, Smart man. I just, I love Russell. I mean, he's Lockett's kind of had a good role the past couple of years um, with, with Dougie fresh officially, you know, gone. Um, I think he's going to have a little bit more opportunity. And I think, over the last couple of years, I think he's had 65 receptions, close to a thousand yards, um, you know, for where he's going. I think that's, that's a, that's a decent price. Um, and then Godwin obviously last, I'm, I'm not very high on him. I know he kind of tore it up towards the end of last season, I believe. Uh, but I'm, I know he's kind of cruising up people's draft boards. People want to get a little piece of him, but I'm not, I'm not super sold, um, you know, with, and, you know, I think Bruce is going to make that offense in general a lot better. But, you know, Evans is still there. O.J. Howard's still there. Cameron Bray, just a red zone monster. So I, that's that's my order. I got Galladay one, Lockett two, and then Godwin three. I'll uh, I'll touch on the, the Godwin hype in a little bit. But, Dom, uh, give us your thoughts. Uh, it's actually Godwin, Galladay, Lockett. Uh, really? Damn. Really? Simply, had, Dom? simply, I like Galladay. I just know I'm going to have a Lions running back on my team, and I don't want both. Uh, and I like Galladay. I just don't think that offense, in terms of a passing offense, is that great. I think they're going to be more of a running offense. I like Galladay. I think he might hit a ceiling and just be the same guy he was last year. I think Lockett's just a guy. He's a not a, just a guy, but he's a burner. And he's not a guy you can count on. He's going to have, you know, two catches for 80 yards and a touchdown one week. And then the next week he'll have two catches for seven yards and you're fucked. But I think Godwin's going to get targets. I think that offense is going to be uh, – they might not be a good team. They might not be, you know – I think there's there, – obviously there's my surprise team. But Arians makes things happen and he's going to be the receiver too for that – for the Bucks, And I think he's going to be – given a lot of opportunities. The you know, Galladay is going to be – you're not going to change much. They didn't change anything. What you saw with him last year is probably going to be about the same. I mean, I think he did all right last year, though, right? He was all right. I'm not saying it's bad. I just think Godwin has a really good ceiling this year. So, so if I could interject, I think – so Lockett's number one on my list, and I'll be the first to – uh, of these three, I'll be the first to admit that what he achieved last year is hard to replicate in terms of his touchdown percentage. He had 59 receptions, almost a thousand yards and like 11 touchdowns, something absurd like that. 
So that rate is obviously hard to replicate, but I guess if I'm taking value into consideration and, and the whole reason I propose these guys are in that, that fourth round, like, do I just reach on a running back or do I take one of these receivers fourth, fifth round guys? Um, I think Lockett goes a little later than both Galladay and Godwin. Um, so I guess for that reason, I like him, but, and, and you alluded to it, to it a little bit, Dom with Galladay. I think we almost saw his ceiling last year. Um, Golden Tate got traded and we didn't see a spike in production really. Um, does he have the potential? Yes. But what does that really look like? Um, I don't know if I want to invest in that in the fourth, fifth round. Um, and Godwin, my God, can we stop with the Godwin hype? I'm right there with you, B. I'm tired of his name. Tired this has got to stop, man. This so so what there was a game last year. Godwin had 10 targets and one reception from Jameis, who's his quarterback this year. I don't understand the Godwin hype. Could he be a good receiver? Yes. Our number twos in that slot role in Arian system productive. Yes, but he's not Larry Fitz. He's not T.Y. Hilton I, I, or Reggie Wayne, whoever's in the slot in, in Indy. I'm just a little, I, I'm cooled on Godwin. The hype is crazy. I probably won't be able to get him in any of my leagues because of his 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 current ADP. At the end um, of the day, I don't want any of these three. I'm just, if I had to, that's what I want. <laughs> Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I feel the same way there too. But yeah, like you said, P, though, Lockett's going like a full round later than both those guys. So, I mean, if you're going for sort of a value-based draft, then, you know, Lockett. Yeah. I think all their numbers will be pretty pretty similar. So, I mean, you might as well take the the guy around later if you're presented with that opportunity. So, I'd agree with, I'd agree with that. For sure. So, didn't mean to go on a rant there. Let's, let's move on to the next <laughs> one. Uh, got one. Hopefully, that'll hit home. For, for old Zanimal. Uh Diggs or Edelman? Whew, that's a, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I, for me, I don't know. I think, I think I got to go Diggs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, I'm, and I've never been a Diggs guy. Homer. I know, but I mean, the reason, reason being Edelman's going to take a beating this year. I know he's going to be Tom's, you know, probably top target. Um, you know, he's been pretty injury prone, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Diggs has been sort of a target monster too. I think uh, he's had 148 targets last year, 101 or 102 receptions. Um, quietly. Yeah, quite very quietly. Uh, only just over a thousand yards, which I mean, that's good. I think at the end of the day, too, Diggs has he'll probably get more touchdowns than than Edelman. Um, Edelman's not much of a threat uh, in the red zone. I think Diggs is a better red zone threat. Um, but I think I don't I don't have the the ADP numbers in front of me, but I bet Edelman's probably going close to a full round, especially with his little thumb injury later than Diggs. So. That's something you might have to take into consideration too. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I'm taking Diggs just because the health. Um, I think he's got more of a touchdown uh, upside than Edelman. Probably yards too. I think Edelman will probably get more catches, but that's my okay. that's my take on the two. Appreciate that, Dom. If we're talking the 16 games, I'm taking obviously the easy one, uh, Diggs. But if we're talking 
points per game. I'm taking Edelman. Um, you think Diggs will get hurt? No, I'm just think Edelman's going to be more valuable to his team than Diggs is because the the amount of players they lost over the offseason. So I, if I had to decide, obviously, in regard, like no matter the game, I'm taking Edelman. Wow. I mean, I, I know we've all heard this stat. He was a what, wide receiver eight after week four last year. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on how my team's constructed. Right, Diggs, massive boomer bust potential. Edelman, kind of a steady Eddie. Um, if my first receiver is, you know, I'm confident in him, I'll probably go with, with Diggs because of the, the boom potential. But I don't know you go wrong with either one of these picks. Diggs is the type of fantasy participant I am, but appreciate the commentary on that. Who in general do you think is going to throw the ball more out of the Vikings and the Pats next year? Um, I think the Pats have shifted kind of, you know, passing the torch to the running game. Uh, right. uh, yeah, Brady will still attempt quite a few passes, particularly in the clutch. But, you know, Kirk's, Kirk's trying to win games this year. And I think he's going <laughs> to – his best players on offense are Thielen and Diggs and going to put in the air for them to try to be successful. So – well, then why are we talking about Dalvin Cook? We can, why talk, we want to talk about Dalvin Cook, though. We can talk about Dalvin Cook. I'm just we saying, Dalvin Cook keeps getting brought up in like the second and third round. I think that's if they're going to pass the ball, then why is he going in the second and third round? Um, I think they're going to try to be balanced with hiring of Gary Kubiak, but well, that doesn't make any sense. I, ju- I just, that. I just think the logic just, on that. I'm just not confident in Dalvin Cook staying healthy. I think I'm Mike's not confident in him being a valuable asset to the offense. Yeah, I mean that he's a he's an enigma. I don't know what to expect from Dalvin Cook. I don't want him. Yeah, I don't want him either. I've kind of been stuck having to get him in some mocks though. So we're gonna we're gonna see how that ends up. We're gonna see him. We will. Well, yeah. if you, if you eat go box, up. you gotta draft him. If I what? If you eat box, you gotta draft him. Well, <laughs> they put his ass on the squad, baby. <laughs> Three overall. Three overall. Get to sign him up. Sign him up, baby. The box king, Al Cook. All right. I'm going to skip this fourth one. Who wants to? No one wants to answer Lindsay versus Drake. So I'll go. I'll take Lindsay. I'll take anyone up against Drake all day. Yeah. I'll just take Lindsay there and we can. The saddest story to ever touch the NFL. I feel bad for the guy. It's just the saddest. Saddest story. You can't even get the majority of carries against Frank Gore. <laughs> Kalen Balazs is about to split carries with you. It's just a sad story. But um, <laughs> moving on, um, Christian Kirk from the kids' hometown. Yes, uh, sir. So, uh, Christian Kirk or Mike Williams of Los Angeles. Uh, Dom, what do you think? What's What team is Los Angeles? Chargers, Mike oh, okay. Will, uh, Mike. San Diego, San Diego. Uh, Mike Williams, just because he's in his third year. I like Christian Kirk, but Mike Williams, he's a big guy. He's a prototypical receiver. I mean, it's. A, I like Kirk, but Chargers are going to need some firepower if uh, Gordon sits out. Okay, Zane. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Christian Kirk there. Um, try not to be biased here, but I think if. If that offense works the way that 
you know, Cliff and, and the organization wants it to work, then Christian Kirk's going to have a ton of opportunities to get a lot of balls thrown his way. And he, you know, he's, he's very, you know, run running after the catch. He's, he's really good at that too. Um, you know, the Cardinals want to just move that ball as much as possible. Uh, I think the chargers, well, depending on what Melvin does, you know, I don't, I don't think the chargers are going to be the sling the rock type of team that, that they used to be. Um, you know, Larry's the number one in Arizona still, as much as I love the guy, he's, he's on his downfall. Um, chargers still have Keenan there. They're going to, you know, take red zone targets away. Um, so I just think the potential for, you know, more balls basically just being thrown Christian Kirk's way, which is ultimately why I'd, I'm going to lean towards, towards him. And I'll have to agree with you on the, the target share there. I think Christian Kirk will eat up targets for Kyler Murray, particularly when you look at the connection they had at A&M, although brief, they played with each other. They know each other. It's a source of comfort for them. Um, Mike will good player, just way too volatile for me. I mean, I applaud you if you started him against the chiefs on Thursday night last year, where he had three, three touchdowns. But if you had him, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Cause it was a good matchup, but it was on Thursday and you were probably un- uncertain. So um, I hope he can be more consistent, but right now, seventh, eighth round, give me Christian Kirk instead of Mike Williams. I know it sounds crazy. Well, I think Christian Kirk too is just going to get a lot of little dump passes too, which I don't know if you know Mike Williams. He's not the guy that that'll get those done. Um, yeah, you know PPR league. That's you know six catches is just as valuable as a as a touchdown. So, and and shout out to Noman Ali for that Mike Williams stat. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be able to recall that unless he mentioned it the other day. So shout out Noman Ali. Know me. Um, I hear you got another uh, this or that scenario. What, yeah, what do you so got? it's a guy that's been interesting to me because, and it's only based on the fact the quarterback that's winning the job in Miami, I think Devontae <laughs> Parker versus basically, I mean, you could put, I'll, I'll, I'll list the name of players that you would put Devontae Parker against if Fitzpatrick wins the job. Curtis Samuel, D.D. Westbrook, or Kiki Kuti. Oh. Um, Zan, you go ahead and tackle that. That's a tough one. Um, so you're, you're asking Devontae Parker, those individuals you just said? Yeah, if, if, if Fitzpatrick wins the job, I feel like, I mean, that creates some value to the receiving core in Miami. Yeah, no, I think it does too. Um, Parker has a ton of talent too. I don't, you know, but it just constantly just hasn't been working out. Um, I don't know. I like Kiki. I like Kiki. Um, I think when he was on the field last year, he was pretty productive. Um, I know injury kind of took him off. That could also be the Texas Tech homer in me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust Parker, even if Fitzpatrick is, is the starter. I, I think even if, Fitzpatrick does win the starting job and the Dolphins aren't competitive. They're going to go to Rosen, you know, just because he's the young guy to see what they have. Um, so I think all roads are leading to Rosen throwing the ball and take it from a man that knows that's not a, that's not a road you want to, you want to go down. Yeah. I like that take. Um, 
without divulging too much about Curtis Samuel, because um, I love him this year, I think he's tearing it up in camp. I think he's better value than DJ Moore, and I think he's a very comparable skill set to DJ Moore. So, you know, he's probably highest on my board of those four. Um, Isn't Curtis Samuel going way before those guys, though? Uh, yeah, he's going like, no, he's going like round eight or nine right now. I'm sure his ADP will, will skyrocket prior to the draft, but he's uh, he's going pretty late. And then Kiki, Kiki's around there. Um, Devontae Parker is going undrafted right now. So yeah. Curtis is 122, Didi's 104, Kiki is 129. Yeah, wow, and then and he, uh. Devontae yeah. is actually kind of in the D- DK Metcalf conversation of 196. Okay. I'm hearing a lot of buzz from D.D. Westbrook in Jaguars camp. Now, is that due to just a lack of competent pass catchers there? I mean, Terrell Pryor. Are we, are we sleeping on the guy that just got towards ACL at Marquise Lee or what? That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. No one's yeah. talking about him and at all. He's a beast, actually. He's a beast. That's the name you haven't heard in a minute. And I apparently said, oh. they have the f- easiest strength of schedule. They're number one for receivers. Wow. <laughs> you love that's a that's a dirty dozen podcast stat. Not that we want any Jags receivers, but it's good to know that info. Yeah, you might have to cut that so the rest of the league doesn't hear <laughs> that. <laughs> Damn, that's a good one, Dom. Um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Dom, any updates on false title before we, we, we tell the listeners goodbye. Uh, we're getting the closing, the closing loan stuff going on. So hopefully get the, everything signed off by Friday and starting construction the next two weeks, but we'll have some beer in San Antonio next week for the August eighth through eleventh. So if you're out in San Antonio, get ready to guzzle up. Yes, sir. I'll be here. So be here in San Antonio and we're sending a keg to Vegas, correct? And Los Angeles. Ooh, love it. Love it. All right, Big Z, appreciate you coming in as a special guest. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Dom Diesel and everyone, good night. All right. Later. Y'all know his name? Hey, yo, Mac, Ladies and gentlemen, drop. C5. Oh! Wing time. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. Zone, 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 zone. Let me see his shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, yeah. if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for? What the fuck though? Damn. Where the love go? Oh. Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Wow, get the fuck though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. You a roughneck. I'm a cutthroat. You a tough guy. That's enough jokes. Then the sun died. The night is young though. The diamond still shines. You're the rough hoe. What the fuck though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two.